Hello, hello, beautiful human beings, and welcome back to the Gotcha Thinking podcast. Today, we have the beautiful Emily from Mform on to talk all things business, fearlessness, and like just everything. She is a woman of many things, and I'm just so fucking excited to have this conversation. If you follow M on Instagram, you just know. You just know her energy and it's just so magnetic. So I'm so excited to have you on, Em. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. So to get started, can you just tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, and just like who you are as a human as well? I just mm. want to know it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that intro really does actually summarize in a very, very brief way who I actually am. I think that I, I essentially am a business and mindset mentor and coach. And the reason why I am both mentor and coach is they are two different things. And basically, here's the thing, like I really don't fall under any umbrella, like if I'm being completely honest. And I'm sure there's going to be so many girlies out there that are just like, sis, I feel you so much. It's like, I am a creative director as well. I am a designer. I'm a creative. Like there's just so many banners that I have, but to put it in a very, very blanket statement, I am a business and mindset coach. Um, and I have been for the last nearly two years. Mm, Amazing. Amazing. I resonate with that. 110%. I'm like, yeah, so there for it. And yeah, I love that. Did you start out as a PT though? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I started out as a PT about seven years ago. Um, And at the time I had another business name and basically was like building that up. And from, I I believe like when I was 19, I founded um, my first like business, which was my PT business. And then basically from there, it kind of just went into, um, I I opened up my own studio, which was fucking fabulous. And then from there, it moved and evolved to online mindset and health coaching. And from there, it's just evolved and evolved and evolved. Wow. So you've been in this business realm for a long fucking time, which is so cool. So cool. (laughs) So you talk a lot about um, fearless founders. What does this mean to you and what's the message sort of behind it all? Yeah, I love this. I think that the biggest thing here that I speak to a lot of women about and like, you know, my audience is all women. And it has been since I very basically first started my PT business. Like for me, it's like seeing women actually feel so fucking powerful and so magnetic and so like drawn to just like an energized life. I don't know. It sounds a bit cliche, but it's just, I just see the massive effects that when you are actually fearless in your pursuit for your goals, when you are fearless in pursuit for the things that you want and like not settling for kind of like an average life or a mediocre business or like whatever it actually a a shitty relationship like you're just not it's like this fearlessness and this ferociousness that really comes out of you when you are particularly when I talk about being a fearless founder is essentially this movement that I'm creating and it's just being a fearless founder doesn't mean that you don't have fear and I think that as business owners it's really, really important to understand that there's going to be fear at, at every level that you get to in business and in life, right? Like there are so many things that we can look back at even just now in 
my years of living. And it's just like, wow, if I didn't choose to, you know, feel the fear and just like simply do it anyway, I just simply wouldn't be here. And I think that this is where it's like this movement that I'm creating is like for the fearless women that are ready to just be held in a space in a community that is going to support those actions and like taking leaps and like it being like celebrated, but an of course moment. It's like, I think oftentimes, and you know, this may be controversial, I don't know, but I think oftentimes people just like get this validation for like doing a small step. And while that's amazing, I love that. And I want little steps make fucking massive impact. It's also like these like moments where can we normalize this fearlessness? Can we normalize these moments of like feeling fear and doing it anyway? And can it just be simply normal without needing evidence, without needing the validation? And can we be in a supportive group where like it's just so normalized to take these big steps and take these big leaps? And like that's essentially what in a nutshell, being a fearless founder is. I love that. And I completely agree. I feel like even in society right now, we're an over-validated society and it's, yeah, I think even just, I don't know, normalizing those big moments, like taking those big steps and yeah, yeah. I just fucking love this. And even what you spoke about in terms of you can feel the fear, but you Mm. can do it anyway. Mm. And I just, yeah, I fucking love that. And I love, yeah, what you stand for. It's Mm. so, so cool. Um, I think as well, sorry, I think as well, like with the whole fear, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, it's like, you know, nothing ever comes, like nothing massive ever comes inside of our comfort zone. It's like, we all know the saying, we all know it. It's like nothing, you know, growth doesn't happen inside your comfort zone and all of the things. But it's like, if we can choose to, become a friend of fear and like fear isn't the enemy and and I think oftentimes as as business owners and just like anyone who feels fear and like is scared to do the thing whether it be like quitting your job or like starting a new career or whatever it is it's like these are the the moments that we have to lean into that fear and become fear's friend rather than becoming an enemy of fear Mm, yeah yeah that's huge yep yep Mm. and because as well it's just some sort of an emotion like and when you really take the I don't know the um emotional side out of it it's like logic it's like we're just feeling fear right now but we're gonna move like Mm. it's fine like let's just go anyway yeah and also like you know I if we think about the way that our body like and our brain works fear is simply just because it it's never been done before. And we don't have these like little folders inside of our brain being like, Hey, we've, we've done this. It's safe. It's good. You're fine. All good to go ahead. Like green light, go for it. It's that if we can actually just learn and understand that when we have fear come up in our body, there's, it's normally just simply that we don't have the evidence to support that this is a smart or right move. So it's almost like when we know that I'm like, cool, well, there's just, it's just because there's no evidence how can I create evidence? And that's where it's like normalizing these big moves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. I love that. What do you feel has contributed to your success in business? Great, great question. I think like realistically, there's a few things that I really do believe contribute to where I'm currently at in my business. Um, And honestly, one of the things that just comes up for me is just the hunger for 
what I want and the like, again, fearlessness that I will just go after it. And it's like this feeling of um, constantly leading myself through these moments of just like remembering and reminding myself of the the life that I want to live, the things that I want to do, the, you know, success that I want to have, the growth that I want to continue to have. And it's like, that for me is just something that continues to get me going. And it continues like staying hungry for something. is just like, I think, and this is so interesting that you bring this up because the conversation that I've really been having lately is all about this like work ethic around being an entrepreneur and, and being in business. And I think um, there's a, uh, an overarching conversation that I'm hearing a lot around like the fact that it can be easy and it's not fucking easy. And I really want to normalize that conversation of like, it's not easy. It's actually really hard to create a business and create an empire and build it. And and I'm not going to sit here and be like, woohoo, like I just do it like four hours a day and that's it. And like never on weekends and all of the things. So I'm so hungry for it that I continue to work for it and I continue to show up for it. And it's not to say that I'm burning out. It's actually just that I am hungry for what my mission is. And I'm hungry to show other women how to do the same. Mm, I fucking love that. Now, one thing I want to ask you, how Mm -hmm. did you change your mindset And look at things as like, I'm just hungry for more rather than like, and I can Mm. have more Mm. and it's not greedy to have more. How did you Mm. change this perspective? Honestly, I like, to be completely honest, I've never, ever, ever felt greedy. And this is something that is, has been instilled into me. So, so luckily from a really young age, Um, I've really, really seen my parents do what they need to do in order to get to where they need to go. And basically for me, it's like there are, I've seen sacrifice. I've seen that there is and and sacrificing different ways, I guess that probably aren't the, like the normal kind of sacrificing, but I've just seen truly what it takes, which has just been the most amazing thing. And so therefore it's like, it's just not settling. I've been around a lot of people and I've grown up in a family where it's like actually about not settling, which I really, really love. And I'm super grateful that I have had that instilled into me. Doesn't mean that I've had moments where I have felt like, fuck is like, should I just be okay with this? Is this like, is this fine? Um, But again, the bigger vision here is like that I just simply want to be happy, healthy, free and that is perfect for me. What that looks like is is I can be happy, healthy, and free right now where I am, and that's perfect, and I'm not wronging where I am currently, but it's also like it's just the next iteration of like where we're going. Do you know what I mean? Mm, definitely, definitely. And even in terms of money, like if you look at money as just an amplifier, of where you are now. It's like, I just want to be all these things that I'm feeling right now, but tenfold. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I really think like for me, I speak a lot about showing up and being seen and being too much. Like, you know, it's not going to take a scientist to understand that I show up and be loud and I'm too much and all of the things and I'm, I'm being seen and I'm expressive and there's so many things and elements and layers. And I know I give so many women permission to do the same. And this is where it's like, I, the reason why I, I I don't believe like, you know, being humble and like staying small and just like, I don't believe that that 
you know, for me, something that I think about when it's to do with, you know, I'm, I'm greedy. I should just settle. I should just like, this is enough. I'm okay with this. It's like what I am open to seeing is like, okay, that can like, you can be so happy with where you're at. I think the difference between someone who's like, oh, I don't want more is because they, I don't think that they can get more you know, and B, they are scared of other people seeing them, you know, and that for me is like something that I preach and teach mm. every single day. It's just like you you have to be okay with someone thinking something different about you and you know your heart, you know why you're doing it, you know your mission, you know the impact that you're creating if we speak about like a service provider, right? It's like you know that the impact that you create is so next level. So like hearing someone telling you like, oh, you should just stop or settle or whatever is like, they're probably not your person anyway that you should be listening to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your people will be there and it's perfect. I, yeah, I love that. Now let's take it back to your PT days. Mm -hmm. What, um, what have you learned in your PT business or back then that you have carried out into this business today? Yeah. Number one is building a community Mm -hmm. and number one, uh, number two is being yourself. And the reason why, I mean, community again is a conversation that kind of gets thrown around on the internet lately a lot. And and for good reason, like for good measure, it's your community is everything. If you are, if you have a loyal fan base, right? Like if, even if we think like higher scale of like celebrities, like your loyal fan base, if you if you give and give and give to your loyal fan base, they're going to buy your albums. They're going to buy your, you know, they're going to watch your movies. They're going to make you money. And that that's on a very large scale, right? And those that don't put effort into their community, what I see a lot of the time is this expectation and entitlement to believe that they should be somewhere different, but they're not putting in any effort to the people that are actually buying from them. And I think that that's really big for me. So community is just massive for me. I since my PT days, I have always focused on women empowerment and just making pa- women feel really, really powerful. And I've seen the power of women coming together to collaborate and connect rather than compete with each other. And that for me, I have just carried over from PT days all the way up until like this very second. Um, and yeah, number two, I guess, what did I say number two was? I'm not sure if you mentioned it. Did you? Why have I why have I forgotten? Community and something along with community. I want to um just what was I gonna say now? <laughs> um something I want to say is I believe that a hundred percent and especially pardon. We'll have to edit that's all right. Pardon. Oh, what's breaking up now? Hang on. <laughs> Are you back? Why? you go on yeah you have to hello I can't hear you sorry here we go we're back are we back can you hear me okay are we back can you hear me okay wow yes I can hear you everything's just unfolding Um, we'll flow on with that and I'll just edit it out. Anyway. Okay. We'll, we will split this up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, something I also want to say, in, even in terms of community, I feel like we are humans at the end of the day and we really desire that connection. And so even in business, if we can really create that, 
like it's pivotal, like having that connection with everyone. Mm, Yeah, you cut out again. Sorry. Oh, no. no. I don't think it's my, is it, do you know if it's, maybe it's mine. Hang on. I can hear you now again, which is perfect. Okay. Sorry, can you say that again? Because I didn't hear No it. worries. Okay. Hopefully we don't cut it out. Um, yeah, something I want to say, even in terms of community, is that we are humans at the end of the day as well, and we really desire that connection. So I feel like if that's at the forefront of everything mm. that you do, it's it's perfect. So I really, really love that. And I just, 100%, I just think that... Um, you know, when you, when you understand your mission and your impact that you can create and the gifts that you have with whatever that looks like, like whatever that actually is, I think that you can really understand your humans on a deeper level. And I think we're very quick to kind of jump to like, I want more sales. I want more clients. I want more this. I want more that, which is perfect. And again, that hungry attitude, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's also about not neglecting your community and really actually having people understand that you are particularly if you are a coach mentor creative service provider like really understanding that your people are going to be the reason why you are where you are yep yep 100 I love that I love that. Now we're going to pivot a little bit. Your content is always on point. So I want to ask, what is one thing in terms of creating content that you feel so many people overlook? Um, authenticity. Mm. Like that is something massively that I really recognize that people don't have. Um, you know, I phrased it a term that was like just about becoming unboring because the essentially what that really like realistically means is like you're being boring but you're not boring like I know you're not boring because I speak with so many fucking amazing women every single day that are quirky weird amazing incredible their personalities are fucking electric but yet they're being boring online and that is the biggest thing that I see with people's content in terms of just like being able to express who they are being able to express themselves and what they're good at becoming you know becoming an icon in their industry is simply about being expressive and being authentic to who they are and you might need to find that element but it's actually just about really staying authentic and realistically the content that is inside or the the actual message inside your content needs to be authentically you, not from her, not from the next person, not trying to be someone else or something else and actually just really allowing yourself to be more authentic. And that's going to be scary because you're showing your layers of yourself that might not be liked. And this is why people put on such a big front because they're scared to not be liked. And this is where my content is. There's going to be people that read it and and don't like me or don't like what I have to say. And that is so perfectly fine because they're not my people anyway. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not wrong. They're not wrong. They're not bad. I'm not bad. It's actually just simply about the fact that we're not like 
my mom always used to tell me in school, right? It's like, you're not meant to like everyone. You're not going to be friends with everyone in school, right? You're not going to be friends with everyone. Not everyone's going to click and connect and all of that. So why do we try and act like we need to be that online? And it's, you know, again, very lucky that I've had that mentality from a young age, but it's simply a diff- like we just get to choose different in those moments of when we decide to be you know, the fact that we're not going to be for everyone, we can really start to show up and be ourselves because we don't like everyone. Mm, mm. Yeah, I love that. And you can clearly see even through your Instagram, it's like, it's so you, it's you. Like we said before this podcast episode even started, like you're like a little espresso shot and you can just fucking tell it through your content, which is so cool. So, so cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. You also talk about being the go-to girl in someone's industry or her industry. What are some co- what are some top qualities that you feel they need to have? Love this question and such a good question. To define becoming the go-to girl in in your industry is simply just being the one that people think about when when they want to invest in the service that you provide and you are front of mind. And that is like number one thing is being someone's front of mind. You know, I'm not someone, someone's not going to, I'm not going to pop up in someone's mind when they are, you know, looking for a, like a a feminine embodiment coach. You know what I mean? I can, I can teach that. I do teach that with my clients, but that, that for me isn't front of mind and I'm not going to be someone's front of mind for that. So it's firstly becoming the go-to girl in your industry simply means actually understanding your point of difference and actually even who you are in the industry. And that is the biggest thing. That is the biggest thing. So many people are so fucking unclear on even what their industry is, who they are, what they teach, what they preach, and they decide to be broad in what they speak about. They're broad. They're an overall. They do. They teach everything. They say everything. They, you know, but can you start to kind of niche in and hone in on like specific things that you're fucking embodied in and you're so, you could you could speak about it for days, right? You could go on podcasts. Mm. You could go speak at a TEDx conference. Like you could literally go and speak at somewhere and you could speak for hours on this topic. That is like number one thing when it comes to becoming the go-to girl is you have to be embodied in what you're teaching and preaching and you have to be clear on mm what you are in your industry because that's when when you're when you try and be everything you end up being nothing in someone's mind you're not the front of mind person because again you're not going to you're 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 wearing too many hats and here's the thing I'm a multi-passionate multi-faceted human so many people are so many women are but there are some key elements like we're speaking about even on this pod right it's like we're just these key elements that we're speaking about is just so me because I'm so embodied in it and that's that's the reason why I'm the go-to girl in that industry right but again I'm not the feminine embodiment coach that someone's going to be like ah yes like that's who I want to learn from and that's perfect and don't you think, I don't know about you, but do you often see that that kind of playing out where like it, it, they want to be that though? They want to be like people want to be this and they also want to be that and they also want to be that. And that's perfect. But nail one thing first and really hone in on it. Mm, mm, I love that. I love that. And sometimes even um, it comes back to niching and people think it's limiting, but it's not really. It's not. 
Yeah. I really, really love that. And I came across a piece of content of yours um, that said there's a difference between someone that is a coach and someone that is an industry leader. And I just love that. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why, like I, you've touched on it a little bit, but mm. even just why it's so important, like not to just be a coach or like the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's where I want to preface that there is nothing wrong with being a coach and an industry leader is also a coach. And this is the difference between the two. An industry leader is someone who blazes their own trail, who is rebellious, who doesn't kind of conform to like doing it one certain way. And, you know, there are many women and all of my women, all of my clients are this type of client, right? Because I don't like to do something a certain way if it does not work for me. That's not because I want, I choose to be different because I want to be different. It's because I am different and so are you and so is the next person. And becoming an industry leader, again, is someone who is going to think outside the box, color outside the lines, do something that actually probably doesn't make sense to anyone else. It's they they don't have evidence to support that someone's going to come with them. They don't have evidence to support that, that that's going to work and they are still leading and they are still able to tell their, their people to come with. And that is the difference between a coach and an industry leader is that coaches on a smaller scale are doing what works and they know what works. An industry leader is is the coach aspect and element. They know what works, they've seen it, but they also have this fearless founder in them that is actually the ability to 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 go past what they know is comfortable, to move past and be okay again with not being liked. Be okay with being a little more specific. Be okay with having more polarizing content and opinions and that to me is what being an industry leader really honestly is. And like, even if we think about it again, I always think about like leaders that I look up to, right. And like on a really, really large scale, like I'm not talking about the the coaching industry bubble. It's like, there are so many people out there that I look up to that have fucking nothing to do with the coaching industry. And I see them as industry leaders, they're industry leading. And I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what are Mm. they doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, look at, um, you know, look at Elon Musk and Tesla, like what controversial human or not, like look at the way that he has led that industry. Like, and, and this, I actually don't, I have not done my full homework here to know if this is completely real, but what something I heard about Tesla, um, excuse me, and about Elon Musk is that electric cars as a whole, Elon essentially holds the, the patent to the, um, like electric car motor. Like I know that there's probably not a motor, but again, it's pretty uneducated what I'm talking about here. But Elon Musk actually holds the patent for something that you need to actually create an electric car. So any other company, any other business that wants to come in and go, hey, we we're gonna we're gonna have our own electric car, they need that patent. And so therefore they have to pay for that patent, et cetera. That's perfect. And like that to me, industry leading. It's like thinking outside the box doing the thing that that doesn't make sense, doing the thing that is just so, yeah, again, you can tell I'm passionate about it because I go off on tangents, but like that is just something for me is like think outside the box, stop thinking so small and think like what's possible? What makes mm. sense? I just threw a PJ party last night. Like do you know what mm. I mean? It's like no, 
doesn't make sense. Don't know if anyone's going to want to do it, enjoy it, whatever, but I want to do it. And like, it was, it was epic. That's so cool. That's so big as well. And it's even like giving yourself permission to Mm. actually think bigger, like, and yeah, if you want different, you have to do different things. Mm. And I just, yeah, I just love all of that. Now, this is a bit of a quirky question, but I would love to know your answer. Um, what is something that should be taught in school that isn't? Oh, my God. I love this. I I mean, there are so many things. And thank you for bringing <laughs> this up, truly. Because, like, I, there are a few things that I speak to my parents about this because I'm like, fuck, like, I never <laughs> learned this, you know, growing up. And, like, you know, the classic taxes is just one of them. It's like, don't know, didn't know a fucking thing at 19, what I had to do and like how, like an account, all of those things. But honestly, even like something that I, um, something that I think about is like money. And mm-hmm. this is going to really resonate with so many people I know, but like not learning like financial literacy and really not knowing anything about like saving, spendings, et cetera, like expenses, incomings, all of the things that's like all, and, and that's no judgment on anyone else. Like in our, in our generational, you know, tree, it's just simply like, we never got taught what, how to save, how to like, what even anything to do with financials are. And, and, and that isn't to say that everyone is like that, but in school, right. You just didn't get taught about that. And like something that's really massive that again, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to resonate is like, I, I always got told to save, but I never got told why. Mm. Right. Like how often did we get told to save? It's like, save your money, save your money, save your money. Why? Why? No one could tell me Mm. why it was just because, 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 And I think that that was such an interesting thing in my 20s to really fucking learn, like hard. Because I'm like, oh, this is why I got told to save so much. But when I didn't know or understand, what do you think is going to happen? You just spend it because you're just like, I don't fucking know why I need to save it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love that. And I feel like there's even... I don't know, like it might be a bit woo-woo, but like agendas behind it all. And it's like when you really think about it, it's like now it's time for you to take radical responsibility and think different. Like why? Why haven't we been taught this? Or like how can I teach myself now? Like and it's just really interesting even when you think of like, you know, starting a business or entrepreneurship. It's like that's not taught in school. Why isn't that taught in school? Mm, like it's interesting like yeah Mm. so really really cool what's Um, yours I think it is like business like entrepreneurship in terms of business I think that's a big one and it's like something that has contributed massively to the freedom that I'm able to live every day and yeah sure it's hard work but also working a nine-to-five is fucking hard work as well like and, but I, I feel like at the end of the day, I get to choose. And I feel like mm. if we were taught that in school, I, I don't know, I think my, yeah, I just followed the crowd after school and went to uni and did all the things. And I'm like, oh, like if I, w- if I was taught something different or taught, 
you know, business on like this sort of scale, it's like, I think I would have chose differently, but also Mm. everything happens for a reason as well. Totally. I, I I totally get that. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Definitely. We had like a business subject in school and I did that like from the minute I fucking could like grade eight or something all the way through to grade 12, which was just fabulous. And we did a lot of, um, like new business things and and ventures and stuff like that, which was really, really cool. But yeah, that whole like entrepreneurship, again, luckily for me, I I was able to witness it outside of the school yard. And Mm -hmm. I was able to really witness from a young age, this entrepreneurship. And like, you know, I feel like it's just in my blood and it's in, it's not in everyone's blood, but when they are the first like entrepreneur in their family, it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like so cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. What mm. has been one of your biggest life lessons to date? Oh, life lesson. Something that just like I thought about just then, a really big life lesson, I guess, that I have been learning over the last, you know, eight years of my twenties, I guess, is like that everyone's way of living and doing things and being in like having relationships and friendships. And it just looks different for everyone. And for a really long time, the way that I um, really, the way that I had in my mind of like how a relationship should be was very, very much this way, this way, this way. And my relationship looked different and that felt really good for me. But I had this like, right, this like generational rule that it had to be done a certain way and like society's view on relationships and things like that. And it was literally only this year that I learned that my relationship gets to really look the way that we choose to make it look and and not even look, but the way it just gets to be. And that honestly has been a massive life lesson for me. And seriously, it's only just been middle of the year that I had this massive moment of just like, oh, wow, I get to have a relationship our way, not society's way or not this person's way. And it was really cool. Yeah, that is that is so crazy that you just mentioned that because it's even something that um, the last couple of months we've been rewriting in our relationship as well. And I just love that. I love that. It's like you get to create your own rules. Like why are you like just (laughs) listening to everyone else? Mm -hmm. And like, if it doesn't feel good for your relationship, like don't do it. Don't totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like something that I fought, like I resisted for a really fucking long time and I shamed myself for not doing enough or not doing it this way. Or like, this is how this has to be. And like, again, this rule breaker in me, it's like, it, it just never, I never felt satisfied. I never felt like I could you know, I, I always felt quite wrong and I always felt quite judged from other people. Um, particularly like those close to me in, in a way that they didn't understand, right? Like they, no one knew that this was happening, but for me, it felt very, very strong. And I resisted change and, oh, excuse me, I resisted accepting that we were quote unquote different. Like I, re- I just resisted that so much that we, we did relationshiping differently. And, and it's, again, there's many people that do it the way that we do it. Um, and what I even just mean, like, you know, is simply like, 
since my partner and I got together, like we pretty much like do our laundry separate. And like, sometimes we like eat separately. And like, sometimes we, one will sit at the table and one will sit on the couch and like, fuck, it just doesn't mean you love each other any less. But these generational rules for me personally was like, this means you love it. Like you don't love each other. This means you're less connected. And it's like, it's funny because what I've probably realized and, you know, this could be a sore spot for some, but like, what I've realized is like, actually we're, we're more healthy than Mm. a lot of relationships, which is so fucking interesting, isn't it? Mm, That's big. Yeah. How do you feel now that you've let go of all those rules? So good. (laughs) We both have been able to accept really that like, yeah, our relationship looks different to someone else's or the next person's like, and not needing that comparison to be able to tell us whether we're like in love, whether we're connected enough, whether like, literally there's just so much to it and I could speak about it for a goddamn whole episode but yeah I I feel honestly we just feel so good and it's the most connected and the most like honestly strong we've literally ever been which just simply makes sense doesn't it Mm, mm, I love that I love that and I've loved this conversation and I appreciate you so much for coming on and adding value to um the gotcha thinking community where can people find you if they want to connect more if you want to connect more, you can find me at mform underscore E-M-F-O-R-M and my DMs are always open. So please, I would love to know if you love this app. Please let, let us all know. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks so much, Em. You're so welcome. Bye. What an incredible episode, guys. I really enjoyed having this conversation with Em and I hope that you guys got a lot out of it. Now, this is actually the last episode for season two, which is fucking insane but season three is coming back bigger and better than ever so make sure you turn on that notification bell so you get notified when season three has arrived now also we are over on instagram it's just gotcha thinking podcast so you can stay updated with all the things other than that i will see you guys or not see you guys but you guys will hear me in your ears very very soon for season three i'm so excited Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова